So the Sunday after Pentecost Sunday is always, uh, we always celebrate the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity, which um, is the most central doctrine of, of the Catholic faith. The most essential doctrine of, of Catholicism, Christianity, is God, <laughs> who God is. Now, God is three persons in one divine nature, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, and so, of course, it, it's more than fitting, then, that we would celebrate such a reality and, at the same time, such a mystery. This poses uh, a great difficulty, then, in preaching about who God is. I mean... It's one thing to say who God is. It's another thing to, to explain who God is. What does that mean? Three persons in one divine nature. Um, theologians for centuries have written on, of course, this doctrine, the doctrine of God or the, the doctrine of the Blessed Trinity. And um, at the outset, because, you know, I've preached on this so many times, and uh, there's always some smart aleck who comes out and says, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Thanks, Father. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, at the outset, we have to remember that the finite mind cannot completely understand that which is infinite. So in a sense, understanding who God is in his essence and in his nature is a bit of a failing proposition. Okay? At the same time, it's one thing to say we can't know God completely as he is or in himself. But we can know some things about God. And perhaps we can make the doctrine of the, of the Trinity reasonable, if not fully comprehensible, which are two different things. So I'm going to preach this homily on three different levels. I'm going to start at, at sort of the simplest level. And if you want to just turn off and switch off after that and remember that part, fine. Then I'm, <laughs> then I'm going to do the next little deeper you know, and then uh, for for, you know, you intellectuals like me who are really boring in conversation, I'm going to do that level. And if you don't remember that, it's fine. But at least you heard it once. OK, so why do we believe that God is a trinity of persons, three persons in one divine nature? Father, Son, Holy Spirit answers the question, who who is God? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What is God? He is divine. Right. Person, nature, who, what, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, divine. So if, if somebody were to ask you, well, you're Christian, you believe in the doctrine of the Trinity, that God is, a, is, a, uh, is three persons in, in one divine nature, why do you believe that? Right? You can simply say, because it's revealed. Because God revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's in the scriptures. Clearly, it's unmistakable, even in the Old Testament, that God reveals the Spirit, right? The, the Spirit flowing over the waters. The Spirit of God is breathed into Adam, and they receive the gift of life, Adam and Eve. So all throughout the scriptures, God is, has revealed himself as a trinity. So God speaks and says, I am three and one. Well, I don't understand that. It doesn't matter. God said, this is who I am. Now, I wouldn't use that explanation with everything in the scriptures, but certainly when it, when it relates to how did God reveal himself as three persons in one God. So if you just want to stop there, 
Why do you believe it? Because the scriptures say so? Fine. Next level. We've, we've talked about this last week with the Holy Spirit, okay? On Pentecost. The, the Holy Spirit fittingly is called the love that exists between the Father and the Son. So if you have three persons in the Trinity, you have a Father, you have a Son. And from all of eternity, right, because they've always existed. The Son has always existed. The Father has always existed. They've always existed. They're eternal. The Father, of course, anytime you have two persons, you have a relationship, right? If you have a marriage, you have a relationship. It could be a bad one. might not be so good. Or it might be week to week, you know, or day to day. Some of you hour by hour. But there's a relationship of persons. When you have two people, you have a relationship. All right, now... When we're talking about perfect persons, divine persons, we're talking about the Father and the Son, then we're talking about perfect relationship. All right? And that perfect relationship that exists between the Father and the Son is the love they share. And because it's perfect, it is the Holy Spirit. So the second level you might think of it is God has revealed himself as a trinity. And the consequence of that is that God is a relationship of persons, and that relationship is a relationship of love, okay? Most, most distinctly. Now, if you want to just shut the engine off right now, that's fine, I get it. But I'm going to give you the classical sort of explanation that Augustine and, and Thomas Aquinas spent books and books and books to write about, and I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version, all right? And if you, at the end of this, you say, it doesn't make any sense, I don't get it, it's fine. It's okay. It's all right. All right. Have you ever found yourself in a conversation you really want to get out of? <laughs> You're talking to somebody, or they're talking to you, right? And you didn't really want to talk to them, and they just keep talking. And uh, you're, you're kind of standing there thinking, how do I get out of this? But at the same time, you're actually actively listening you know, you're actively, and even responding. Yeah, yeah, it might be just that, but you're responding. But then there's a part of you that is sort of separate from what's happening in the relation, or in the, the communication. And apart from that, you're sort of looking at yourself going, boy, I wish I could get out of this, this, this uh, conversation. I wish I could just get out of here, you know? Or for instance, you might say that we, every single one of us has a concept or an idea of who we are. You might say, well, if I were to ask you, well, tell me about yourself. Well, I, you know, I have a job. No, 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 I don't, I don't care about your job. Tell me about you. What are you like? Well, every single one of us has an idea of what we're like. You know, I'm really handsome and uh, muscular. <laughs> you can laugh. It's ridiculous. All right, but, but anyway, we might have certain concepts of, of ourselves that are somewhat true, all right? But they're not perfect. But we have an idea of who we are, all right? Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a smart guy. I'm, you know, I'm this or I'm that. Or, you know, one might say, well, I'm a really good, you know, wife or a good mother or I'm patient, but I'm, I'm this. You know, we also might think of particular faults. But we have a concept or an idea of who we are. And that idea of who we are it can be in our minds, right? It is in our minds. But it's not us. Does that make sense? So if, if I construct this idea of myself in my mind, it is distinct from me. But it's, it's still a, a 
representation of me, although imperfect. It's an idea of me. Okay, does that make sense? You can think of yourself sort of in the, in the third person. You know, John is like this and this and this. You can think of yourself that way. And that idea is separate from who you are. Okay, so going with that, I that idea, God, of course, has an idea of who he is. Because God, you know, we get our rationality from God. That's part of what makes us like God, is that we have reason and, and free will. So God also has this idea of who he is from all of eternity, though. So there was never a time where there was never a time when God was not. So from all of eternity, God knows himself. Just like you might say, well, I know I know myself or, you know, yourself. Right. God knows his himself. But the difference is that God is perfect, of course. And so the idea he has of himself is perfect, just like he is perfect. And that idea, anytime we say that something is perfect, like we say God is perfect, we say it has existence, theologically speaking. If something is perfect, it has existence. It has being. So when God has an idea of himself, an image of himself in his mind, that image is perfect. And because it's perfect, it has existence. And so from, from the, you know, the earliest times of the church, the, the theologians will speak of this idea of God as the word of God. Do you remember the beginning of the Gospel of John? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That whole concept of the word is the second person of the Trinity, the idea of God. So that from all of eternity, God knows himself. And this idea of God is generated or begotten from all of eternity as well. It is the son. And so because you then have two in relationship, you have a perfect relationship. And that perfect relationship, just like a perfect idea, has existence. And that existence is the Holy Spirit. Okay? The love that exists between the father and the son. Okay. You can go back and listen to that on the podcast if you want. Or don't. It's fine. Because what I want to tell you now is why does it matter? So it's one thing to talk about these ideas of God and say, well, that's nice. Father's kind of smart. I don't get it, but that's fine. Why does it matter? Because it should matter. It needs to matter. Okay. The reason it matters is this. We're created in God's image and likeness. And if God is a union of persons in perfect love and creates us like himself, that means he creates us with his very love. The very love that exists between the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, is what was given to Adam and Eve, which was breathed into them at their creation. All right, So that the love of God is a very part of who we are in our nature. It has been handed on to us. Furthermore, with Jesus, remember Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, is divine, takes on human nature. And then through his ascension, takes human nature back up to be united with his heavenly father. So he forever unites humanity and divinity. And so what he offers to us then through redemption is a share in the divine nature. So even greater than what Adam and Eve enjoyed, we have the ability to enjoy this intimate relationship 
with divinity, divinity within us. This is what we say happens at baptism. This is what the sacraments are for. You know, you, how many times have you asked your parents, why do we have to go to Mass again? Do we have to go to Mass? We're on vacation. It's so nice outside. You know, why do we have to go to We go to Mass to give praise and worship to God, but then to receive grace in the Holy Eucharist. And this grace is God. This grace is the love of God. This grace that we receive through the Eucharist, the real presence of Christ, is God's very love poured into our souls. So through baptism and then through all of the other subsequent sacraments, we're able to receive divine love. Not just do we have, you know, the love that we can sort of muster on our own. I mean, poor Bill, trying to love his wife with only his only resources isn't going to do a very good job. But Bill, filled with the Holy Spirit, God's love, now has access to a greater love than he can possibly give on his own, enabling him to love to a much greater degree and for that love to sanctify both himself and the entirety of his marriage. This is what God does, and this is what's amazing about what he has given us. Please stand.